0: I just want to give you a quick reminder, the last few weeks we've been talking about the church, and each week I've been providing just some questions, just so you can kind of, throughout the week, follow up from what uh, what we learn on Sunday morning, so those questions are on the back desk there as you leave, you can just grab those, um, and as we've been talking about the church, we started off with this idea that the church wasn't just a building or a a certain place, that it's actually a movement or a gathering. The word is ecclesia, and it means a gathering or a movement. And the first church was a powerful movement. And I'm going to read to you from Acts 2, 42 through 47, we read about the first church. And this is what it says. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came, came over them all. Saved. Uh, this first church, they were committed. And they were committed, we're going to talk today, to generosity. It says that they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They they shared the money with those in need. A little bit later, it says they, as they shared their meals, there was this generosity that they, they were living a generous lifestyle. And because of that, they were powerful. Now when I think about generosity, I I don't necessarily think about my dad's golf group that I grew up playing golf with. It's kind of different than that, actually. But my dad's golf group um, actually started over 40 years ago. They, they played every Saturday morning, and it was a group that started out with four, grew at one point to like 15, and, and then it's shrunk back down to like 10 of them now. But uh, but this group of, of, they were my old coaches, they were my dad's friends, every Saturday morning at 7.26, they had the same tea time, they would show up and they've done it for years and years. And as they've gotten older, they went from playing the men's tees to the women's tees to the old person's tees. They've moved up as they're playing golf and they, their scores have gotten a little bit worse. But, uh, but it's still the same. When I would go back, when I'd go back to visit and play with the group, I loved it. It was so much fun. And, and this, this group of guys, what you have to know about them is they never complimented each other, ever. In fact, it was the opposite of that. They, they were very sarcastic with each other. Now, if you were their partner, then they would compliment you. In fact, one guy that was actually my biology teacher in high school, if you his partner and you hit a good shot, he would say, Hmm, that was much better than I'd hoped for. That was his compliment to you for a good shot. And so uh, that was kind of the, the gist of this group. But they, they play the same game every Saturday morning too where they rotate partners around. And at the end of their 18 holes, they're gambling big money. And so at the end of 18 holes, if you lost really bad, you could lose $3. And if you won really big, you could you could get $3. Now, that's obviously not very much money, but this group, if you lost and you had to pay someone a dollar or two dollars, you had to pay it. They didn't, they they wanted you to hand them the dollar bill. That was like the satisfaction, right? That you got that money from them. And in this group, that was just kind of the way they were. It was it was sarcastic, but it was fun. And and so my dad played with them all those years, and a couple months ago after my dad passed away, he hadn't played with them for a while because he'd gotten too sick. And they were out playing. The week after he passed away, and Lisa and I had had gone back the day after my dad died to spend some time with, with my mom and brothers planning the service and everything, but we still had to come back to California and collect our five kids and then fly back to Kansas for the service, which obviously flying with seven people is expensive. And and so this group after they got done playing a week after my dad had passed away, they they collected some money to help my mom and and us with travel expenses. And I'm thinking they're gonna give us three dollars each, you know, like the winnings, you know? And and these this group of, of eight guys came in with over $1,200 they gave us. I thought, you know, it's, it's funny. These, they don't have the, the outward appearance of being generous, but their hearts were generous. And that, to me, that's generosity, right? You're, you're giving, and you're giving more than what is expected. And that's actually the definition of generosity, is freely sharing money or things of value and giving more than is required or more than is expected. And when we look in the church, the church, when you think of generosity, you think of giving. And, and obviously, if you go back to the Old Testament, the Old Testament has many commands about giving to the church or the temple so that the rabbis could could exist and, and the temple could be taken care of. The idea was, uh, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard the term tithe. And the word tithe comes from the Hebrew word, which means a tenth. And so the Israelite people were commanded, give a, t- a tenth of everything they had. Now, to them, it wasn't necessarily money, but it was livestock, it was crops, it was everything they had, they gave a tenth of. And so, that's where the concept of tithing came. And, and so, when we go into the modern church today, we still have this concept of tithing where, hey, 10% of your earnings if you give to the church. Now, if everyone in our church gave 10%, we would have tons and tons of money, percent uh, like Others give smaller amounts, but the bottom line is this church depends on giving. We we depend on your generosity. We would not exist without it. Uh, What does it do? Well, it pays salaries. It keeps the lights on. So, you can on Sunday morning. You've got electricity. We've got heat and air. We need that sometimes in Southern California, Uh, but it keeps the grounds looking beautiful. But the most important thing about the giving and the generosity of this church is it allows the message of Jesus to be shared, the love of Jesus to be shared with our community, with each other. And and that can only happen because of your generosity. So, we we depend on giving. We depend on your generosity because we want people to experience the love of Jesus. Now, the Bible tells us to give church, kind of like the Old Testament we talked about. And there's this place in Malachi 3 that God basically, they are cheating Him, that they're robbing Him because they're not bringing their tithe to the temple. They're not paying the 10% tithe, and so there's not enough food. There's not enough provisions. The temple's not being taken care of. Uh, But I love what it says in Malachi 3.10. It says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, and so, like bring your 10%, that there will be food in my house. Now, test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. it this, First of all, God's saying, hey, test me on it. If you're not, you're not doing this, but do it and let me just show you what I will do. It's almost like you're not robbing God, but you're cheating yourself. If you read this, you go, God's saying, if you do this, you're going to be blessed. And if you look at Proverbs 3, it kind of says the same thing. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best parts of everything you produce. Then you will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. It's almost as if God's saying, by not giving, but by not being generous, you are missing out. Now, it sounds backwards. How do you, how do you give something and then your stuff gets filled up? Well, that's God's math. That's not our math, right? But, but the, God over and over seems to say, give, be generous, and just watch what I'll do watch how I will bless you. Now I do not believe that God will make you rich by giving to the church. That is not what I'm saying. Don't say I'm saying that. But I do believe that God will provide for you when you give. I do believe that when we give, God meets our needs and provides for us. I do believe that when we give on a regular basis, that we have less financial stress in our own finances. And now there is part of it that you give with the right attitude. God says he loves a cheerful giver, not an angry giver a reluctant giver, but someone that gives because they love God. They give because they love the people that God has put in their lives. You give because we're the church, because God is God and God commands us to. Now, Jesus has lots of things to say about them, about money. Most of them are mainly focused on don't focus on money. (laughs) That's kind of Jesus' overwhelming theme about money. And so in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Eliana read this for us. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And so when we talk about these treasures, obviously Jesus is talking about your wealth. The things you hold on to most dearly, those are the treasures that we're talking about here. And in our culture, our society, money is one of those treasures, right? In fact, money is pretty important in our society. And there are myths about money. One myth is the more money you have, The happier you will be. Another one is the more money you make, the more successful you are. Another one is money eliminates stress. Now, most of us would say, Oh, I don't believe that. I I know that maybe to be wrong, but yet, if we're honest with ourselves and we look down inside, we're, we're probably all believe these myths. To be true at some point in our lives. Money will make us happier. Well, I always think of It's a Wonderful Life, and you have George Bailey, and the angel's with George Bailey, and, and he he has come to help George, and George says, hey, do you get 5,000 bucks? And the angel goes, oh, no, we don't have money up there. And George goes, well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. And so uh, th- that's kind of what all of us kind of feel, right? yeah. I shouldn't focus on money, but it sure comes in handy, right? And in some ways, in some ways, we all kind of believe these these myths. And in our culture, money is important. And just being honest, when someone is wealthy, well, they have a status that comes with that, right? They're important. The wealthier you are, the more important you are. The wealthier you are, what you say matters, right? You're valued in society because you have money. You have power with money. There's no question about that. And with that comes a pride, right? Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished with this lots of money. And the other side of that, if you're poor, you don't have much money in our culture, well, you don't have that status. You feel less important. You, what you say is not so valued and you don't feel as valuable and you don't have power. In fact, you have less power. You feel powerless when you are poor. And you don't have pride. You feel a shame, right? A shame. I, I haven't provided the way I should. I haven't provided for me. I haven't done all this. Now, Jesus quite often told us not to focus on money, right? But we live in a culture where it's hard not to focus on money sometimes. And, and in Matthew 19, there's this story where a rich man comes to Jesus. And he asks Jesus the biggest question on earth, Right? how do I get to heaven? How how do I experience eternal life? And and through a series of of talking here at the end of it, Jesus basically tells the rich man, if you want this, what you need to do is give away all your money. Go sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and come follow me. Now, in the story, the rich man basically goes away sad because he can't do that. He's like, that's the one thing I couldn't do, Jesus. I, I could have done all those other things, but how was he defined? He was a rich man. That's who he was. That, that's who he was at his core, and, and he took pride in being rich. That's, that's who he was in society, and for him to give that up, he couldn't quite do that. And if you think about when Jesus says, don't store up treasure here, no, store up treasure in heaven, right? Where your treasure is, what, that's where your heart will be also and you just think about it. that's literally what Jesus just told this rich man. Your treasure is in your wealth, and your heart is there. If you want your heart to be with God, then you need to give up all of this. And so, when you think about storing things in heaven, storing up your treasure in heaven, what, what's Jesus saying? How do you do that? It's simple. You give it away. You give it away. If you want to store up treasures in heaven, you give it away. Now, there's giving, like the tithe we talked about at the beginning. That, that is a faithful act, and we depend on that as a church. It's a really good thing to do. It's a biblical thing to do, and, and there's giving. And then there's another step called generosity, and generosity is even bigger. And generosity to me is more of a lifestyle. When you look at the first church and the teachings of Jesus mixed with how the first church lived and acted with each other, what they had was a lifestyle of generosity. The first church, the believers, they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. And then Jesus goes even farther in Matthew six twenty four, and He says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And you think about that rich young ruler, that's literally what he was telling him. And you see this, this first church wanted to serve God more than anything else. And they didn't allow their wealth to distract them, or their lack of wealth to distract them from serving God. They lived in a generous way so that they served God first. When I was in college, I, um, I had this really cool Chevy Chevette. It wasn't a Corvette, but a Chevette. And uh, it was a beautiful car. Um, but my dad, my dad just got a, a Buick. I'd call it a brand new Buick. But my dad was a school teacher. He didn't have a brand new Buick, but he loved Buicks, and he bought a new Buick, and he had just stepped up from, I believe it was from a Skylark to a Century, a Buick Century he just bought, and he was so excited. So, I was going to get the Buick Skylark, and so my dad told me, why don't you try to sell the Chevy Chevette there on campus and just get as much as you can get out of it. And we we're thinking for this beautiful, pristine Chevy Chevette, maybe $1,000. Now, this is this is 30 years ago. Um, but So I put a little for sale sign for $1,000. And my dad wanted to get as much as he could out of it because they were paying for two kids to go to college at that time. They were living paycheck to paycheck. They didn't have a lot of money. But... But he, so he wanted to get some money out of it, and so I put the sign in the car, and I'm in one of my religion classes. This man comes up to me afterwards, and he says, I, I saw that your car is for sale, and he wasn't a student like, like our age. He was older, and he was actually from Africa, and he had literally just moved here like the beginning of the semester and he was studying to be a religion major so he could go back to Africa and share the gospel message, and, and, he, and he was this great guy, but he spoke very broken English, and he'd just gotten a job, and he needed a car, and I said, yeah, well, come on over. I'll show you the car, and he comes over. He goes, this would be perfect, um, but I don't have, I don't have, a th- that, you know, thousand dollars and I said well you know what I think we'd take eight hundred dollars for it I'm a terrible business person I'm like yeah we'll give eight hundred dollars and he was like no I don't even have close to that and and finally I go how much do you have and he goes well I have a hundred and fifty dollars and I was like yeah it's not gonna work and so I, I went back to my dorm and I called my dad and I said we had one guy you know who had no money he wanted it he could only afford 150 dollars and I told him about the guy kind of laughing and my dad who is kind of, was kind of a crusty guy, kind of had this rough exterior, but he goes, give him the car. Give him, take the $150 and give him the car. And I was like, really? And, and, and all of a sudden, I was like, wow, there's this generosity in there that I, I didn't know really existed, right? And, and yet, all of us, there's something about when we willingly go, you know what? I don't need an extra $700. I don't need an extra $650. I'm willing to give that away. There's something that happens in us, in that generosity. And and I love it when when new science studies actually backs up what the Bible tells us. And and Time Magazine did an article on generosity. And, And they found basically what the Bible had already told us. They found that being generous makes you feel better. That's actually the title of the article. And so generous people, if you live a lifestyle of generosity, you have better health, it, you have lower blood pressure, and it generally helps reduce stress in your life, and you have a longer life expectancy when you live a generous lifestyle. And I think that's so interesting when you think about, well, that's kind of what Jesus was saying all along. You don't, you don't need, you can give my favorite verses on generosity is Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I love that verse. I love the idea idea that if you give freely, you become more wealthy. Now I don't think it always means that if you give all your money away, you're going to get super rich. That's not what it's saying. But there's something about giving away makes you actually feel better. When you refresh somebody else, when you help somebody else, guess what? You're refreshed yourself. And you think about going back to this idea of treasures in heaven, right? How do do we get treasures in heaven? Well, we freely give away. And spiritually speaking, in heaven, you've got this store, right? Of all these treasures and this idea that when we hang on so tight to stuff, we lose it. And really, it's true. (laughs) You see, generosity is not only applied to money. Generosity can be applied in many ways in our lives. Think about it. When you freely share money or things of value, And you give that in a way that's not even expected or more than expected. And what are things of value? We have tons of things that we value in life, right? A few weeks ago, Lisa and I, we'd bought a a new vanity for our 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 second bathroom. It was on sale. There's one left. And so we finally, we went and bought it and and we have it on our little cart and we wheel it out to my, my Honda CRV. And if you don't know this about Honda CRVs, it's really hard to get most things in the back of them. Anything that's any size it just doesn't quite fit. And so we have this vanity, and it weighs a good bit, and, and Lisa's super strong, but she just wasn't strong enough to help me get it into the back of this Honda, and so we look like fools in the parking lot of Lowe's. I'm pulling it, the cart's moving, she's trying to help, and we're arguing a little bit, and, and all of a sudden, this guy appears from nowhere. He was in a truck a couple parking spots down, shows up, Comes, pushes Lisa out of the way, helps me get this thing, get it in in about two seconds, and he's gone. And I was like, wow, that was so generous of that guy. Because you know how many times I've been driving out of the Lowe's Park lot, and I see people trying to load stuff in their car, and I'm laughing at them like, that's never going to work, and I just keep on driving. I'm too busy, right? I don't have time. This guy stops what he was doing. I don't know what he had going on, but he took the time. That's generosity, Right? That's taking a little bit of time out of your day. And what other things do we value other than money? Well, time, kindness, love, grace, cookies. I just had to throw that in there. I value cookies. (laughs) And there's something about those things, time, kindness, love, grace, that, that, man, if we are generous with those things and we do it in God's name, it's amazing what God will do in return. You just think about the time that Jesus fed 5,000 people. And all that started with one boy and his lunch. And this boy is just listening to Jesus and the disciples try to figure out, what are we going to do? The disciples want to send him away. Jesus goes, no, we're going to feed them. And the disciples, we don't have enough food. And this little boy with one lunch walks up and goes, you can have my lunch. Now, you and I, we're going to look at the crowd and we're going to go, hey, thanks for your lunch, but you might as well eat it because that's not going to do one bit of good. But he gives his whole lunch away. And I'm just guessing that little boy was hungry, that he wanted to eat his lunch, but he was willing to give it to Jesus. And what happens? 5,000 people are fed. You see, when we freely give the things that we value, God can do so much with it. Uh, Proverbs 11 says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Uh, that may be the worst word on earth, right? Stingy. Uh, you, we all know a stingy person, right? Uh, there's no joy found in being stingy and hanging on to what is yours. There's no joy in that. And, and the thing is, is when we, when we give it away, Wow. There's joy. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Do you want to be refreshed? Do you want to have generosity all around you? Then live generously. Give away the things you value. When you love somebody, when you're generous with your love, guess what happens? You get love in return. When you're generous with kindness... I dare you to try sometime when someone's really mad at you, just be kind. I mean, be generous with your... It's really hard for someone to respond in anger when you are generous with your kindness and with your love. What about your time? Man, we value our time because we're busy, right? But if we're generous with our time, it is amazing how people respond to that grace. Think how generous God is with His grace. Shouldn't we just be full of generosity, giving away grace? And just like money, we all want these things. We all want love. We all want kindness. We all want grace. We want these things. And if you value those things, give them away. (laughs) The first church, there was something about this first church the the unity in the first church, the love in the first church. And I would say a lot of it comes from the way they lived. They lived generously. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared money with those in need. There was a generosity in that church that was contagious. And I just think about our church. you know how many generous people are in our church? This is amazing to me. There's, There's people in our church that when they hear about need... They will just respond, and they'll give. I, there's one person in the church that, if they hear of something, they will call me and say, "How much do you think it'll take to fix, or to to do that?" And and I've learned to tell them way higher than what's expected. That way, they'll give more. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But they ask how much, and I tell them, and they show up with a check, and they say, "Don't tell anybody, please." That's generosity. They're not wealthy, but they're generous of more than they need. You just think about, about the generosity of time and talents in our church. Uh, just think about Cindy and Nancy. Tuesday nights, they're going to teach you how to knit. They're going to take their time. They're, they're going to take their abilities, and they're going to teach other people. I think that's beautiful, and it's wonderful. Uh, Brent Newby. If you don't know, Brent's got the house that overlooks our parking lot and has beautiful ocean view, Brent built that house. That's what he does. He's a builder. And so for 10 years now, he's taken his gifts and abilities, and he goes to Mexico, and they build houses for people that don't have them. How beautiful is that? Because when you take what you value and you give it away, the only bad thing that can happen it feels really good. (laughs) And God promises to bless us over and over. And there are people right here in our church that need refreshed. There's someone sitting next to you right now that needs refreshed, someone in your neighborhood that needs refreshed. You and I, we need refreshed. And how do we get refreshed? Well, according to God's Word, we refresh others. So we take what we have our time, our love, our resources, our gifts, our abilities, and we give them away and just watch what God will do. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the generosity we feel in this church. I thank you for the love we feel. I pray, Lord, that as we go this week, that you would. Remind us over and over to give it away. To give away our love. To give away our resources. To give these things away. Because we love you. Because we love others. We thank you for the truth of your word. And we just pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. And you are dismissed.